we're dedicating a shout out to our mates at Calm. That's the campaign against living miserably, a charity dedicated to preventing male suicide. It's tragic that suicide is the single biggest killer of men under the age of 45. But it's also avoidable. So if you're having a rough time, Calm's helpline and web chat are open 5 till midnight every single day. Find them at thecalmzone.net or you can call them from 5pm until midnight, 365 days of the year on 0800 58 58 58. And welcome back to the Nerds Boxing Podcast with me, Andy White, and with me today, a full house, Mr. Martin Theobald. Yo. And Mr. Cherry Tapandama. Guess who's back? <laughs> you almost got called Cherry Tapandama then. Oh. And I wouldn't like to miss, m- mix you up with another one of our regular listeners. Well, listen, and provides very insightful and informative questions from what I hear. Yeah. Obviously, I'm never here when he's It's here. weird. Because strange, isn't it? Because he only ever messages when you're not here, which is strange. Um, so, minute, I think I can hear something out the window. Let's go fucking Ikea up. Yay! Let's smash some meatballs. Yay! Let's go fucking Ikea up. Yay! Let's go I don't even want to see Terry. I don't even want to see Terry if that was if England won. It'd just oh, be it'd just be on a rampage through the <laughs> through London. I'd, I'd, I'd have been the guy on the bus. Did you see the guy on the yeah. bus? Yeah, jumped off and went through. Just like, <laughs> that, that would have been me. Fiberglass bus stop. They jumped on bottle but of Italian brandy no, no, in his I'll hand. I tell, tell you why I felt sorry for the guy because there's another guy on the other side of the bus shelter stood on there. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, but he probably climbed up, not jumped yeah, on. He's on there. So you're on the bus. You're like, what if he's on there? It should hold, right? But what was the bus doing? <laughs> How did he get off the bus? <laughs> There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions that. around that video. Like, <laughs> there has to be a longer version somewhere. But at some point, that bus got stuck there. It's still en route somewhere. Equally, what's going on with that IKEA advert? Like the IKEA captions, sorry, where they, they go into IKEA and they'll jump on the beds. Oh, they just trashed it. <laughs> but they're, they're scumbags. They're scumbags. The but, but, but if you're IKEA, if you're IKEA, that's your next advert. Straight. Why? Come in. L- look at what our furniture can withstand. Uh, <laughs> Hooliganism at its finest. But to be fair, there's a lot of guys in there who are like, I am sick and fucking tired of being dragged up to IKEA every weekend. If we ever play Sweden at football and we beat them, do you know what I'm going to do? And all these mates are like, yeah, fucking right, mate. Yeah. <laughs> How much organising did that take? Because IKEA's are rarely like in a housing estate. Like you, you've had to go there. It, it looked like the one at Wembley. Someone, someone who's listening, confirm. I think it was the Wembley one. <laughs> you've had to go there. Like, yeah. I'm not going to drink for the afternoon in case we win because I'm driving the minibus to IKEA. Yeah. <laughs> or if you, for example, you're at the pub across the road, then full time you're like, yeah. 
Let's go to IKEA. <laughs> Woo! It's but, a family, like some woman, but, some single woman who didn't even know the World Cup's going on, like just looking God. for light bulbs. Just imagine if we'd lost them. <laughs> How badly that was getting you fucked that, up. Um, There'd have been no IKEA. Harry Maguire text uh, uh, a tweet yes. said, "I uh, I've just spent two hours assembling flat packed furniture. I will get revenge uh, on Sweden." That's this about life three years ago, yeah, wasn't and it, it? was. <laughs> yeah, it's quality. You must um, just go back on that. You know, you know when you get like those those memories, like like little reminders of what you've said in the past. You must just go, yeah. Fuck right. Yeah, conversely, those people can go, yeah, right. Whereas mine deletes all of his tweets from three months ago. <laughs> I do, but, 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 <laughs> no, no, but, but weirdly enough, it seems that they pop up elsewhere. And I don't know if it's that they get stored on third party apps. You, usually in my emails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, because I've deleted all of mine. But I find people like so-and-so reply to this tweet. I'm like, I, I deleted that. So, what, you, so they can store them and then reply to them later. Unless it's a third-party app that manages to retain all this data, I don't know. But it'll make my eventual meeting with Eddie Hearn interesting. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> forgot about it. The greatest. Do you know what? I don't the, the, know. The, the, I don't the, know no, about this is me and me and Coogan going that, back and forth. Oh, do you know? Right. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is why you shouldn't drink and tweet. Great Twitter battles are great because they don't last very long. But they get really intense. <laughs> that one was about 15 minutes long, right? And so much emotion came out in 15 minutes. I feel you two would be like best mates if you met in the flesh. Oh, I mean, I've met Coogan because... multiple times. It's, but but uh... what was brilliant was it was it was like Coogan's tweet. I, I read it. I went, right, well, fair enough. Yeah, you, you're making a good point here. And then I saw Martin's intense beef. Oh, yeah, because this was about um, a newspaper criticising yeah. Sterling um, after the Columbia game. And so I just quote tweeted it with intense beef. And I thought, and then it was, that was, I like that. It was just the response where it was like, finally a tweet that doesn't mention Eddie Hearn matching or stub up. Uh. And you know, that's a, that's a, that's a hard, like, that's an uppercut to the chin. That's a Joshua to Klitschko's chin. Theobald came back with, <laughs> finally a tweet that does. No, finally a question that does oh. involve. And then I was like, shit, he's alive. <laughs> I was like, Theobald's alive in this. <laughs> and, and you know when you're like, you've got to call this a draw now. Everything after this is a letdown. Call this a draw. <laughs> but no, on the back end of that, out of all of it, is the, the premise that Coogan will try and get Eddie Hearn to come on this podcast. Will he help? I uh, really fuck. I've sent in my phone number <clears throat> to Coogan, and Coogan sent me a message back to DM saying, um, "I'll keep you updated." So Eddie. we'll see. But we'll see. if Eddie doesn't come on here now, he's ducking officially. Yeah, because we're telling you now. Look, our next two podcasts are going to be here. We've we've agreed the deal. Our next two podcasts <laughs> are going to be here. Right? So so if we're going to we're gonna, do it, he's going to be here. We're going to increase the capacity. And there'll be there'll be space available on StubHub. Don't worry, you know, everyone's going to be happy. Everyone's eating off this. Uh, just to give you guys an insight into how the pod's working today, I don't have any agenda in You're front in of me. You're in full chill out mode. You're yeah. laying back on the sofa, leg up. And Andy's in full Weinstein. Honestly, mode Honestly, right on that sofa, you look like a Playboy, like inverted. That's what, what's much the, more generous than Weinstein. <laughs> Playgirl, right? Playgirl, yeah. You look like you know how Hoff got naked once for. Did uh, he? And Shawn Michaels. I think Shawn Michaels did it. Oh, my God. Um, it looks like you're, you're attempting. Um, you're slightly off-white we shorts. Don't, we don't have... Yeah, possibly don't. piss stained. I'm not sure. <laughs> we don't 
That's painted a delicious picture for those listening. Got, got to use Daz, mate. You, you've got to use Daz. Dazen. Dazen. Yeah, we don't have an agenda. There's going to be no edit points, just uh, waffling because there's nothing really going on. Apart from Groves Callum something. Give me what you were going to talking about. Grove Smith. What did you say? Grove Smith. The final of the World Boxing Super Series. Yeah, but series. You, you meant you could call it something. <laughs> what? Beef? A fight. Oh, no. No, I don't I know. I've no idea what you're about. So, no, no. so even if there's beef, they're going to fight. Right, okay. So they're not going to fight in the UK from what... Yeah, it's looking like Jeddah. I don't even know where Jeddah is. Um, Middle East somewhere, isn't it? I guess. See, I thought it was in Israel, but Jeddah. I've no idea. Let's have a look. Um, well, this was our big fear, wasn't it? That it would start off well... And then the wheels would fall off the World Boxing Super Series. Okay, and Saudi Arabia. And it looks like the wheels are falling off the Saudi World Arabia. Boxing Super Series. Spectacular. Same play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just... And from what I've heard as well, it may even be pushed back into like past September, apparently. Like, looking at October as a potential. Which just makes a mess of it. Like, a mess of it. But what's the hold of it? It can't be Groves' injury, because I know Groves is sparring now. So he's he's in camp mode now. He could fight in September. So what the question is, what's what's the actual holder? But I'm still not convinced it'll happen in Jeddah anyway. Because how many times have we heard they're trying to bring boxing to the Middle East in some form? Going back to the days of Prince Nassim, it was always spoken about they'd bring it out there. And well, it's never happened. It, it will when people realise you can just buy steroids over the counter <laughs> in the Middle East. You don't need a prescription. So I'm not convinced that happens out there, but... I mean, somebody somewhere in Jeddah or wherever must be pumping a shitload of money into doing that. To take that fight elsewhere other than in the UK, potentially, you know, cross time zones, make it awkward for people over here to actually to view that, it. Doesn't that always happen in boxing, though? Like, people pay loads of money to get big fights in their country. Yeah, which yeah. is fine, because it's normally America, Germany, the UK. But, but, but Rumble in the Jungle, prime That's example. what I was thinking. Yeah, of. okay. Um, Foreman versus Frazier was in Jamaica. You know, it, it, it happens, but it's, there's normally a geopolitical element to it. So it's the country wanting to make a statement, wanting to let people know, you know, you can come here. But this no, just no being sold. Fucking Saudi Arabia. Yeah, but Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, they could be just using it as soft power for influence in the Middle East and stuff like well, well, that. To to, no, no one wants to go to Saudi Arabia. Do you know how much money you can make just by saying to a recruiter, I'll go to Saudi? You'll treble your salary. No one wants to go because it's boring. You're in compounds with Americans and you're swapping wives. And it's just disgusting. <laughs> but uh, right, yeah, it's okay. such an it's an obscure as I say, how much somebody is offering, you're just selling it out, isn't you? Somebody must be offering an awful lot of money for it even to be considered. Madness. But 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 what's gonna happen for the next wave? Now now if if, if you're signing up to the World Boxing Super Series, you're a bit like, well, to be honest, man, I, I don't want to fight in Saudi Arabia. Oh, but the contract says you have to fight where we tell you. Yeah, uh, fucking hell. All right then, you know it's 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 not leaving a good taste in the mouth at the moment. But Kelly Sowland is fucking brilliant in interviews, so I'll forgive him anything. What I found interesting in that interview, he was talking about Chris Eubank is still under contract um, to the World Boxing Super Series until the it's over. over. Yeah, but Jamie Cox has fought since. No, no, no. What he said was. Eubank is under contract as the reserve. Right, but say if Eubank gets injured. 
then he can't perform the contract, right? So the contract will be voided. Yeah, but then they must have somebody else in the World Boxing Super Series as like the second reserve. Somebody uh, else who Bremer. went out in the earlier rounds. Probably Bremer, right? Bremer fell out with the Sowlands. Oh. Yeah, he left them, I'm sure. Um, that's awkward. Like, cut ties entirely. So That's why I was confused about Jamie Cox for John Ryder, didn't he? And got stopped early on. Be Rocky um, Fielding, then. Right, we just get Paul Smith. John Ryder. Back. John Ryder will probably end up. I'd like to see Paul Smith come back for that. Just fight in the final. <laughs> Make his own weight up as well. Doesn't need to be super middle. Just give him every advantage against Callum. No, but, but no, so the World Boxing Super Series, if it's not in the UK, to be fair, I don't think we're really that interested now. Let's be honest, we're not that interested. It's not, it's not going to be an event. So we're not going to be able to participate in the build-up to it because it's going to be some far-flung... I think some far from part of Russia. All like of its Sochi. momentum, hasn't it? It's lost yes. all of its. You want it to be. You want the whole thing to be quite slick. You know, one foot after the other, just and compact. That's yeah. what we want. But it's crazy because if you said, right, say they announced tomorrow, none of this has ever happened. World Boxing Super Series never happened. They announced tomorrow that in September you're going to get Groves versus Callum Smith. You'd be hyped about that. That's it's a good fight you want to see. Now, when they announce Groves versus Callum Smith, it's still going to be a bit of a letdown because of how much we've had to go through to get to that point. It's yeah, it's it's not great, and you know you've got all the noise around DeGale now, haven't you? So oh, we predicted he was going to uh, drop his title. He was he was never going to fight Oscar's guy, never. Um, and I know we've got DeGale fans that get quite sensitive when when we put the knife into him. So I'm not going to put the <laughs> knife in. I'm going to be brutally honest and say, when you're thirty something. And you've basically had wars for your last four or five fights. You don't want to get in with a guy who really just wants to take your head off because he he basically broke Anthony Durrell, um, Andre Durrell in a way that we haven't seen anyone else do. So you're James, and you're like, I can't get out the way of my mandatory. So let's give the IBF credit. As much as they have a history of being Don King's bitch and being corrupt and all sorts of things, they enforce those mandatories in such a way that. It's predictable. You know what's coming. You know what's coming when. So congratulations to them for not being the WBA for a change. So, but I, I can't encourage like as much as I understand it. De Gale should be criticised for it. I, do you know, what? I wanted to, but then I said, but uh, what's he really got left in the tank? We spoke about this after the first Truax fight, and we said, what's there left in James De Gale? And I think he must know it's not going as well for him as it used to inspire and so forth because they know deep down. And that's the only reason you'd be asking for these big fights because you'd have kept that belt and you would have paid Oscar's guy whatever he wanted. Mate, sit at home. I'll come back to you early next year. And you would have made a big fight happen, whether it was, and to be honest, let's be honest, an IBF fight, like if you'd had a double header of Grove Smith and Eubank DeGale, which is, it's, it's fights that could be made, Winners face off against each other, losers face off against each other, and then whatever's left at the end faces off against each other. That would have been a nice little <clears throat> carousel of, of fights. But without that belt, you then, you know, you're begging, aren't you? You're begging for someone to give you a fight now. Because Groves is like, it's not a unification. What's the point of me beating you again? But also, you've chucked away your bargaining power. Yeah. Because do you remember when George Groves didn't have a world title and James DeGale did? And he was like, was he started saying like 80-20 split? Yeah, um, you want the belt. Yeah, exactly. And now he's chucked the belt away. What's he got other than being James DeGale? He can't do the 50-50 because if Groves wins the World Boxing Super Series, it's like, well, there's only one king in this castle. And he's beaten you twice already. 
Does and there we go. That's it. <laughs> does the season mean anything anymore? What does it? What does it mean? What does it? First of all, yeah. What does it mean? And is that is that or does it mean anything at all? I.e., come up to the end of it. We've already got fights that are from last season's Super World Boxing Super Series being arranged for next quote season unquote. So, so typically, the season ends at the end of well, normally middle of July, and then restarts early September. Just because, like all things, you know, people go away on holidays, school holidays, etc. So that summer break, people don't buy tickets. It's hard for promoters, especially at lower levels, to sell tickets to anyone during August because people aren't around. Um, so that's how it's historically worked. But it's slowly it's, being encroached. Yeah, it's you know the the White Parker fights happening and and back end of July. And I don't like it. And the reason I don't like it is you have to deprive fans of something. For them to appreciate it. So if you look at the football season, it's fixed, right? Like we're just talking kind of non-international football. When the Champions League is done, we know the season's over, right? That's it. The season is over. We can go back to doing whatever. If you've got a season ticket, your Saturdays are free again. You can go out and you can get pissed up in the sun and enjoy yourself. Once you're bored of that, the season's about to start again. And then you get excited. Who's my team going to buy? There's a whole process that football hangs on to religiously because it understands the psychology of what makes it a good product. Because boxing doesn't act as a single entity, you've got guys going, oh, there's a space in the fourth week of July. I could put a show on there. No one else is going to do anything. It's a convenient time to just give people a quick payday, right? Which is essentially what July 28th is. It's a beef for money. Yeah, otherwise... White would be fighting Pulev, right? But he's not. So this is just a nice little, little, you know, get get your summer money. And I'm not going to deprive anyone of that, right? But it means we're going to have to sit through the whole Eddie Hearn circus all through the summer. Sometimes you just want it to stop. They still haven't announced anything about Kel Brook. Now, I'm still 100% sure Kel Brook isn't going to fight on that card. He won't. But you know what Hearn does? He keeps the name in there because he can justify the strength of the card. And then when the numbers have been hit, that Brooks are fighting. But from what I heard, I might be completely wrong. You might see Kel Brook on there. But I've heard from fairly reliable sources, he won't be. He's not in a position to be able to fight on there. Um, but I'd heard the other day that apparently um, Cook's family, I think it was on Wednesday or Thursday, have now booked all their, their flights over and their accommodation and stuff. Because nobody's confirmed it outwards to them that that fight isn't going to happen. They should listen to this podcast. I told them last week. Like, don't don't book your flights yet. <laughs> because it will be a massive fall from grace for Kel Brook. Because if we if we go back to what we said before, if we're to believe what Hearn says, if the fight is on the budget for the fight, Dillian White doesn't need Kel Brook. So why would he pay him well? You know, it's it's a fight that's happening in London. Dillian's got Richie, he's got Craig on there. I wouldn't be surprised to see Chris Congo on that card. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get John Pilata on there, but you know he'll be he should be on the next one. But Dylan's got his kind of guys on there, and he knows these are guys that can all move tickets, so he doesn't need Kel. And Kel's not a big seller in his hometown. He's definitely not a big seller in London. So why would you have Kel Brooker? You got to pay him a six-figure purse. It doesn't make any sense. But then, but then it turns oh. it turns it around into what is Kel's role at Matchroom? Because if you look at Kel Brook, 
status-wise and career-wise, he should be someone that can anchor matchroom shows somewhere, right? Nah, but, but the, the boat sailed. Yeah, so clearly we're in a position with Kel where they're more trading off the name than what he could possibly achieve. It's just, we'll get Kel Brook on. Yeah, that boat sailed for me now. Like There was a window of opportunity that's just been wasted with Kel Brook. Yep, August 2014 is when they should have done the right thing. 2014 to 2017, they should have been making money out of that man. You know, five, six relevant, legitimate fights. There's there's something we're not being told about this. I genuinely think that because whatever we want to think about Kel Brook, before that Golovkin fight, he was a legitimate top five welterweight. And top five welterweights were making millions at that time. And he was never in the mix. That would have given Hearn a very good staging post into the US. But it's almost like Hearn doesn't want to deal with Kel Brook unless absolutely necessary. I, I don't know why, and I don't know the ins and outs of it, but there's something not quite right there. But there was a time when he could have been fighting Keith Thurman, Danny Garcia, um, the, the time with the biggest names, and granted now it's Errol Spence, Terence Crawford, but you rolled it back a few years, those were the two biggest names, the two most relevant fights. It was never discussed, ever, and instead he got sacrificed against fucking Golovkin. Which still doesn't make just sense. Still makes zero sense. Especially to me. when Martin Murray was still around. Do you see what I mean? You could have just gone, Murray, you, you yeah. wanted revenge. Uh, I'm baffled. The tickets already sold pretty much. Why don't you go in there? But they put Kel in there. Um, there's something quite seedy about this. And I don't think it's boxing related. I can't say much more than that, but I don't think it's boxing related. So, um, I saw something the other day that led me to believe that Glovkin might want to fight against Billy Joe Saunders after his Canelo fight. Oh, is ah, that, whatever. Is that whole shit? Nah, I don't know. Maybe he does. Know, who cares? <laughs> like, the the whole Golovkin, Billy Joe, Canelo, all of the belts thing has dragged on too long. This could have all been sorted a while ago. Yeah. And in a way, I feel for Billy Joe because I think he's always used as a stalking horse to drive negotiations between those other two numpties. But I hope this serves as a lesson to promoters worldwide that we're in an age now where information is fed and fired across from all different angles on different platforms 24 hours a day. And so if you roll it back to um, days gone by, Riddick, Bo, Lennox, Lewis, pick that. But like when they were trying to sort out their unification fine, it never came off. Information was sparse. Information wasn't available all the time. So we're now probably in that first generation where the likes of trying to unify and get undisputed between Golovkin, Saunders, Canelo, trying to get the undisputed between Joshua, Wilder. You've got people just feeding information all the time. And so either you've got to do something with it and make it happen, or people get annoyed pretty quickly. So like, there's only so much information I can ever read about Joshua Wilder or about Canelo, Golovkin, Saunders. There's only so many articles, so many leaked pieces of information that I care about until it gets leaked. Yes, so <laughs> until it gets to the point where I'm at now. So when you mention about Billy Joe Saunders versus Glovkin, the first reaction is Ugh. because <laughs> yeah. if this had happened 15, 20 years ago, there wouldn't have been the constant back and forth, the constant Twitter interactions, the IFL interviews with Frank Warren, where he talks about it on a you know a bi-monthly basis about a fight that isn't imminently going to happen. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, it's like, it's like when they talk about marinating, 
That's that's fine when you don't have that constant. But if you're trying to marinate a dish, you don't just pour endless amounts of marinade into it because otherwise it becomes unpalatable. And that's that's kind of what yeah. it's where it's at. But if you look at the, the information, now, so, don't you? So the model now is track the social media traffic, and you want to watch it on the graph, and you always want it to be going upwards. That's why they keep feeding these things. So her knows when to do interviews and what to say in those interviews. Now, if you look at the timing, it's always pretty consistent. Now, the problem is everyone's doing it. And the other problem now is we've all cottoned onto it. So if you just take Joshua Wilder as an example, the minute Hearn said he had a two-fight deal with Wembley, you knew that fight was never going to happen. Why? How long do you think a deal like that takes to negotiate? Months. So they're already saying we're going to have a two-fight deal here. Yeah, we've got Mandatory who we need to do with Povetkin. Yeah, that's a big enough name. We'll, we'll tell the world that he's a bit of a threat, even though we'll just get Vida to live in his house so he can't touch anything. <laughs> and then they go, well, what about the Wilder fight? No, 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 no. It'll be Dillian next. Like, Wilder's, Wilder will do what we tell him to do. That's essentially where we are. But that Wembley deal would have started, the talks would have started when Wembley said, we can't let these fights keep going to Cardiff. We're losing revenue. So they've probably been talking for months. So this was... It was never going to happen. Povetkin gave the interview to his Russian media outlets going, I'm never stepping aside. All these elements. But fans don't want to believe that because, and let's be brutally honest, right? There's some thick fucking idiots that participate in boxing. You know, I had to address the sisters the other day and just say, listen, which one of you gets the brain cell on Friday? Because they don't think. Goes in two-footed every time, doesn't it? (laughs) But but but, but no, right but, now one of those sisters is doing the little square symbol. Like, I need I need VAR on that. That's... No no, but 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 it, it gets quite draining because all the clues were there that the fight was never going to happen, and people were like oh no 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 you don't know what you're talking about. So no 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 I, I might not know what I'm talking about. But if Povetkin says he's mandatory and he wants to fight, he's not moving. There isn't any money that can move this guy. He has Russian money behind him, and then Pulev is like I'm not budging. I want to fight when my mandatory is called. So he's not budging. And his Bulgarian people are putting that money up that no one else is willing to pay. So all of this is telling you that Joshua has fights against mandatories for the next three fights. And they will all be controlled by Hearn. After that, he faces a problem and expect him to vacate after that because the Wilder fight won't be viable. Dubois and Joyce will be too threatening. And they'll just eventually go, do you know what? We're just going to keep one of the belts. We're the best heavyweight of this era. Until Wilder wants to fight, it doesn't mean anything. And that's where we are with that fight. Billy Joe Golovkin, it will happen when Golovkin has nothing left. And then Billy Joe can just claim it as another name on his record. Like he did it with Lemieux. Lemieux was shop-worn when he fought him. You know, it's the Warren model, isn't it? Do not fight anyone threatening until they're too old to be threatening. The only exception is Anthony Yard, who fights greats at their <laughs> peak, at their prime. Oh. Hall of Famers. Well, beyond that. Don't, don't, don't disrespect him by calling these guys Hall of Famers. Like, these are gods in a sport of gods. <laughs> don't make British warriors follow this up with you. How dare they call themselves <laughs> British warriors without reference to Anthony Yard, who is a British warrior, a British lion. He is one of the three lions on that shirt. That's why he says lions in the camp. Fuck about. <laughs> so he's a lion, a warrior, and a god. A the lion, holy trinity. A lion, a lion warrior god. Liar. 
So lying. <laughs> so this whole Joshua stuff with Wembley being booked for the two dates. I mean, look, I'm yeah. not. Hearn rang up on the Monday and they confirmed it on the Wednesday. Yeah, just done. Yeah, yeah. just done. I'll, <laughs> take, I'll take out a new E contract and as well. He, he went, like, he that smooths the, the deal. And he saw a leaflet in his door and it was like, hire Wembley for two five. He's like, gee, this is a brilliant idea. Rang up and they were like, you're the first one that's called today, Eddie. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was like it. Anthony Fowler's 20% off video. <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe <laughs> smoking the CBD or. <laughs> Did UK anti-doping? Well, hold on. Did UK anti-doping actually watch that video and go, "Man, we might need to just have a word with you," because, like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, like, we're trying to keep this. We're trying to sweep this under the carpet. We're trying to sweep this under the fucking. Can we carpet. explain this? And you're just smoking. I sent you a link to it the other day. Anthony Fowler sat in his car, oh, filmed on what looks like he'd filmed it on a potato. It's because I blocked him. That's why. Oh, okay. Another one of your. Another victim of the Andy White blocking yeah. button. Um, Andy, why don't you just mute? Like, like it's you're so you, you, you go in two footed. Someone, someone, yeah. someone just says, you know, I had a baby today. Blocked. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not to do with boxing. I'm not my, interested. My nan Never. died last week. Blocked. You tweet shit not to do with boxing all the time. Yeah, that's true. Block yourself. <laughs> How does that work? I don't know if I can, but, but yeah, Anthony yeah. Fowler sat in his car vaping on some CBD oil talking about CBD oil's great for like relaxation, sleeping, 20% off, use the code, whatever it was. <laughs> well, I realise there may or may not, I don't really understand it, be medicinal benefits to CBD oil. I've no idea whatsoever. <laughs> I'm not criticising it from that level. I am criticising a Olympian, a professional sportsman, sat vaping in his car, <laughs> talking about wax some CBD oil in it. Like a fucking plum, Uh, mental. But yeah, that Joshua stuff. Like, I'm not an anti Joshua hater. I'm really, yeah, hundred percent. I'm bored of the whole Wilder stuff, and I don't want to see him fight anyone apart from Wilder. But he's not. I have to accept that. So whatever. I will be the biggest Alexander Povetkin fan, the biggest, (laughs) when that fight comes around. Because how fucking cocky is it to book Wembley Stadium for two fights? Well, you buy one, you get one free. I said, you buy one, you get one free. <laughs> but how? He buys... He, so, sorry, yeah, I've got, got sucked into that then. Um, he, so he gets Wembley, and they're like, what about if you lose? I won't lose. So Povetkin's not mu- much of an opponent. So you're, no, no, he's a threat. He's a threat. He's a threat. Just, just not enough of a threat that I can't book the stadium again for my because- next fight. <laughs> I think everyone, everyone must know that if Joshua loses, if that day comes, then, and I'm not saying I hope he does by any means, but, well, at the moment, well, if I mean, that day comes... You just declare yourself the biggest Alexander Povetkin fan. Yeah, but if that day comes when he loses, the fight after will not sell 80,000 tickets. It used to be a rematch. Uh, I was going to say, what about if it was a redemption? It would just be a rematch, straight uh, away. I'm not having it. Like I think it would. Povetkin versus Joshua 2 would not sell 80 or 1,000. Well, You'd have all those people that currently think Anthony Joshua's the greatest boxer ever that turn no, up no, at Wembley. No, 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 spin it though, no, 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 but you know what will happen, right? After the Povetkin fight, if Joshua wins, they'll go, right, yeah, we've got the date April 13th, we think Wilder will accept, and all the fans will go, right, I'm buying tickets. And they'll, they'll, they'll just stretch it out again and... Wilder will come over to the UK, probably to see David Hay, maybe Richard Towers, and they'll go, look, he's come to the UK, we're close, we're close. And Hearn will do all that thing like, well, I sent him a text. 
You know how Hearn does that to, to suggest there's actually something happening? Yeah, I, I sent a text. It was like, no, 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 no. What's the outcome of your activity? I sent a text. And fans go, oh, he sent a text. He sent a text, retweet it. Michael Benson, Michael Benson says he sent a text. Oh. Boxing fans are fucking embarrassing. Like, like, honestly, they're Come fucking on. pieces of shit. No, Ugh, no. Look at me. <laughs> Fuck it. Don't some, listen to this fucking podcast then. No, I'm not bothered now. Because these, these people buy <laughs> tickets. A live show is going to be fun, isn't it? These people buy tickets. You're all pieces of shit. Ah, but That's look, right. Look, the theatre's going to look like that Ikea. Just people running <laughs> no. in and trashing it. No, but people... Yeah, I buy tickets. Look at me, I buy ringside tickets. I'll go everywhere and watch boxes. Okay, well done. You're a consumer of a product. Thank you. You buy fucking Mars bars too, by the looks of you. Do you know what I mean? You do everything, right? Cool. <laughs> but you're not helping the sport by being stupid. You're not helping the sport by just buying Joshua tickets because it's Joshua. Oh, well, it's an event. Look, you're killing it for everyone else. This myth that Joshua money trickles down in the sport, not true. Because there's still guys like Danny Connor having to scratch around for a living. And, you know, he's talented enough that he shouldn't have to scratch around for a living and have to work three jobs. So it doesn't trickle down. So as fans, you should be demanding Matchroom give you the fights that you want. And when people criticize them, don't call them haters. They're doing your job for you. Fucking support them. If someone is saying Eddie Hearn's talking out of his ass for these reasons, that's the tweet you retweet. Not Coogan Cassius going, I have a new interview with Eddie Hearn. Because as long as you keep enabling this regressive behavior, boxing's going to end up just being a shit tip of a sport. It's going to be dirty. It's going to be corrupt because they know none of these boxing fans have five brain cells to share amongst themselves when it comes to matters of boxing. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm, Surely. It doesn't matter how many times you read Box Rec. It doesn't matter how many times you go on YouTube. It doesn't matter how many boxing scene articles, how many world boxing news articles you read. I promise you, sit in a gym with someone who has a contract with a reasonable promoter and just listen to the conversation and you will realize half the shit people say will happen will never happen. Okay. You just clotheslined every single member of our audience. <laughs> it's up to them. There's a lot well, of earbuds. You'll be able to judge, I think, the lay of the land and how people have sort of received the last three months of baseless hype over how the Povetkin fight goes down with AJ. If it kind of, if it bombs, it's not going to bomb, is it? Like realistically, it will. I'm kind of thinking, in the context of an AJ fight, maybe? It will sell out. I'd be shocked if it didn't. Well, they'll tell us it's sold yeah. out. Yeah. Well, they'll tell you, it's, they'll tell you look, tickets sold out I think the sad on thing day is it one. Will sell out And then there'll be 500 tickets available yeah, again. And then, and then there'll be like, and then it's weird how half the people that immediately buy them can't suddenly go and have to resell them on StubHub. That's why I find... But it's not even that. There are tranches of tickets that they release. Terry says, like, sold out day one, and then day 14... It'll be like another thousand are suddenly available to we had to hold them back for X, Y, and Z reason. And then like day, you know, thirty, it will be the production returns or something like that. There, there's always a reason why they can, you know, issue another thousand. Listen, um, do not buy tickets to watch drug cheats boxing. Yeah? I've got a hard time for sticking up for Tony Yoka and saying, look, the guy missed three tests. 
every professional athlete deliberately misses a test, right? Because, because I think no, no, because you're allowed two misses in a twelve month period. Your third one you normally get pinged for. So what you do is, so let's say, just let's say you miss a test in January, right? You know you can miss one more between January first and the next January first. So you got to choose carefully when you want to be missing. So you might want to be missing in September. Right, you go missing. They go, right, you've missed two tests. Okay, I'm going to show up for one in November. I'm clean now. I'm not really fighting anyone, not doing anything. January comes back around, you're back down to one missed test again. So if you behave yourself, you get to September, they've all dropped off again. So now you can miss two tests in rapid succession. Do you see what I mean? So it's done a lot in CrossFit. So a lot of CrossFitters will mysteriously appear on Instagram, someone like Dubai when their home gym is maybe Manchester and they appear in Dubai and they say, we're just going on a CrossFit tour. They're doping their tits off and they know they can't get caught and they can't get tested. They'll get back to the UK. It's all out of their system. They'll take all the tests in the world. How frequent is the testing then? It depends on your sport. Well, I mean, because it, it seems to me, uh, like if you just go, if it comes to um, whatever, say the circumstances you just sort of described then, January, well, if they tested them... In March, if they due to test in March, June, July, and September, there's no way in that period, even if you miss one, that you'd be able to be clean for the next one. You know, if it was regular well, enough. It, you can. So there are ways you can pass tests. We've discussed about the, the drinks you can take. Yeah, like masking fluids and whatnot. Uh, what about? It's not really a masking fluid. What it does is, so you drink, you drink I think it's Zydol or whatever it is, you drink it. It just makes you piss loads. It's like, oh, okay. like full-on fear bomb. Right, okay. Yeah. Like all the metabolites are out. <laughs> Full-on fear. Three, three pint fear bold. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, 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 okay. Tester comes at 6 a.m. and you say, listen, mate, I'm dehydrated. Didn't drink much last night. Can I go and grab a drink? Sure, mate. Go for it. Drink, 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 drink. There you go. You've got so much fluid in you. The shit's diluted. You piss everything out. They go, oh, you're clean. And you're like, whoo. If they tested you 24 hours afterwards, you'd have popped. It's mad. Like, there are ways of getting past. And you can go on YouTube. Like, there are videos showing guys passing tests. Like, the, you know, you get the, the drug tests in America. These guys are... Real stoners are passing tests taking these drinks. So, what use is it? Even having doping controls, when you can circumvent them so easily. Or you do what these promoters do. You have a alleged slush fund where certain people get tickets or they get money as long as they provide undercover bits of information who's getting tested and when. Because you have to have some kind of diary, right? Because that manages your schedule, manages your costs and allows you to make travel arrangements. So someone will just go, hey, 0114-265-3312. Yeah, might get a bit hot in S9, man. Might get a little (laughs) bit hot in Attercliffe on June 24th, you might want to wear sunblock. Thank you. We'll make sure we're wearing the sunblock. And someone goes missing. Suddenly appears in the Middle East. Um, something I sort of picked up on and then realised I didn't know what you were talking about was, you said something about CrossFitters. What's that about? Do you understand? Cro- yeah, CrossFitters is really CrossFit stupid. Just train, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they're just basically, they're, they're, they're like people who aren't really good at anything. You know those, like, like, it's that middle management of sport, right? They're not really good at anything, but they want to be busy and active. So they do really shitty exercises. Like climbing ropes or... Yeah. 
so so there's no there's no consistency. So every day is different. So do a thousand push-ups. Okay. What was your time? Seven hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now 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 go and eat some nuts and some cow hooves. Masturbate seven times, once over your girlfriend's face, and that's it. You're a real crossfitter now. <laughs> <laughs> that's the entry criteria. <laughs> Said uh, said CrossFit ex CrossFit trainer Terry Chapman. <laughs> um, but why would they need to dope then? Well, or we'll masturbate on people's faces? So, I'm more worried about that. So, <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's the thing with CrossFit because the the grund norm, the foundational element of CrossFit is you should take yourself to hell and back, right? Not through anything challenging, but just through the sheer volume of work that you do. You have to dope to recover so you can do it again the next day and the next day and the so next day. So it's not like international CrossFit championships. No, no, you do. You get the CrossFit Games. What, and people just do? Yeah, just... Be- and... Wank! <laughs> no, no, no. But it's Sponsored by Kleenex. No, no. no, no so, so Reebok are really into this. And the CrossFit Games, essentially the CrossFit Games, what happens is, is basically like do loads of gym classes over two days. That's really what it is. Oh, uh, yeah, you see that big ball of sand there? Pick it up, put it down, pick it up, put it down 50 times. Now walk on your hands for five meters. And it's just, it's stupid. And you've got all these women taking growth hormone and various forms of peptides. What do they do? Do they masturbate over their boyfriend's faces? I think they just Anyone's thrust ride hard, don't they? I just ride, ride the faces. Yeah, I think so. Uh-huh. By the time you've taken enough testosterone, it's probably like a penis anyway, uh-huh. right? <laughs> You listen. You wanted us to go there. <laughs> Sorry, go a- ahead. Andy's signing up as we speak. He's looking for his nearest CrossFit gym now. No, oh. no. So, so they're they're quite crude in their doping avoidance. So CrossFitters will just not show up because who's, who's, who's bothering testing to them? Test? Yeah, that's what I mean. um, Why are you testing someone who's got no end goal? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, 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 no. So there's a reason, isn't it? So. Reebok sponsor it. Reebok's invested in the idea that this is a clean sport. Otherwise, <laughs> Why do they care. No, no, no. Reebok do care because they'll only, they'll only get outed if they start testing. If no one tested, then no, they could well, just say it was no, clean. No, you can. You know, it's the same way that you watch Mr. Olympia bodybuilding, right? You don't ever think those fuckers are clean, do you? You no. know, you know, and that's why no one sponsors bodybuilding because you know those guys are roided off their tits. But we're okay with that because I'm like, if you're going to be like the biggest, densest, most muscular guy mincing around in a fucking jock strap or whatever the fuck it is, I'd expect you to be on steroids. I'd be disappointed if you were. See, bodybuilding makes sense to me because you've got Mr. Olympia and then, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying for a second that it's legit or bona fide, but you've got like the equivalent and I'm not sure what it's called, but it's like Mr. Natural. And i.e. those guys are supposed to be clean. They're now, they're clean. probably not. But the fact is, that's they, they've, they haven't gone, we're going to try and make Mr. Olympia clean. They've gone, fuck it. If you want to get roided off your nuts, go for it. But we're going to do Mr. Natural as well. So, so I've That's got a, what I'd prefer no, in every single sport. So, so, no, so I've got a friend <laughs> and she used to bodybuild natural. Like, and it, it, I believe her when she says she was clean. But then she crossed over to the dark side. And she was like, no, no, I want to get my pro card. And the difference. So you're talking about a woman that was five foot nine and she'd walk on stage fully prepped out as a natural at about 10 stone. 
I'm okay with it. As the weight visually, you're like, yeah, you've got good genetics. Ten stone, I can believe that at five foot nine. She ended up being seven foot one. <laughs> same height. And 3,000 no. kilos. Same height. She, <sighs> did, she can now walk on stage at 170 pounds. At the same height. Uh, One hundred. Look, what's that in stone? She's walking. 12? She's basically Anthony Yard. Twelve-ish. You know, she's basically Anthony Yard she's on, on two stone. Yeah. And you're there, like that's that's what it does. So when you see these CrossFit athletes, they don't need to dope that much because the extra weight's a burden. But what they do need to do is they need to induce some form of hyperplasia to increase the strength of muscle contraction. All you boxers out there who are like, yo, I'm going to take some tips. That's what they do. They take, they take IGF LR3, probably inject that twice a day. And that's what they do. And they train and they recover. That's why they don't get massive. But if you look at the condition they're in, it's, it's, not, it's so, not how women who train hard should look. So give up on boxing, go for CrossFit, and you get to have a few wanks out of it as well. I'm still not even sure how you win this CrossFit. Like, <laughs> who can come first? <laughs> <laughs> but you know how, like, world's strongest man, it ultimately comes down to, like, if you can lift those big Atlas balls, if you can pull a truck. Yeah. Who's winning CrossFit? I, I'm not... Oh, just, but I just... What I envisage it being is just these people in random starting positions with all these completely random... There's, like, there's like the stone lifting exercise, then there's like the hand standing ex- then there's Skelectric over there. Someone just fires a gun to you and these people just run around doing random but, tasks. You know how like... <laughs> well, you won't know, but kids' sports days, like before they hit a decent age of like 9, 10, kids' sports days are shit. They just, involve they like bean bags, those big... Like if you're ever in scouts or whatever, you know you get the um, parachutes and you have to flap them about in the air and someone runs across. It just sounds like an adult version of this, like egg and spoon races, but on roids, pretty much. And 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 like when you talk to these these twats, it's like they're in a cult. It's oh mate, you don't understand, mate. It's the burn. Oh mate, it's fucking amazing, mate. Just an hour of sheer intensity. And you're like, but you know, you're shredding your joints. When you're forty, you're gonna be fucked. And actually, <laughs> Mr. Downer. <laughs> and actually, when you when you look at most elite CrossFit athletes, they don't train that way. They train, train that way for six weeks a year. And that and this is what people don't realize. And that's why a lot of people are now down to just going online and just getting this IGF LR3, microdosing on testosterone, all this sort of stuff, which is now coming into boxing. So that's what you're seeing with boxing. When Only pe- just now. Uh, it's pro- well, it's mature now. I think people understand the boxing protocols a lot more now. There was experimentation about 10 years ago where you'd hear whispers about people doing growth hormone. And the reason I know that is Rugby was using growth hormone a lot earlier than boxing was. So people would come up to you if they knew you played rugby and go, what do you know about growth hormone? I'm like, you want to talk to an Australian or Kiwi or South African? They've mastered that. Have we got any boxing? We've we've covered most other sports now. We said we were going to do a CrossFit podcast and that's what we should stick to. Well, it turns out, yeah. So in egg and spoon racing... In CrossFit, how many times do you have to wank during the race? <laughs> do we actually have anything else to talk about? We had some questions. Yeah. Did we? I looked at the thing you sent me and I couldn't see Only anything. like two or three because I didn't put anything out. Um, I know Big T likes to avoid the, the question side of it. He does normally. I think these would be good ones though. I I, I trust the questioner. Do you? I Which do. one? Um, Mr. V. The Veep. Mr. VIP. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, Dave yeah. McGinley sent some. Enrico did as well. 
Riku. Riku. Uh, so Riku Heikler asks, what is the benefit of MTK linking up with Dennis Hobson? Right. Number one. Right. Right. Um, honest answer? You both, you both look gagging to answer this. No, I'm going to sit here and load my gun like Terry did the other week. Yeah. So, <laughs> look, <Yeah>. the powder, <laughs> test the scope. No, look, my, my, my assessment You're using of it, an 18th century rifle, like loading in the powder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how I roll. <laughs> so, my assessment of it is like, so if you if you look back to to the height of the Hobson era, so... So when, when Dennis Hobson had the Fight Academy in the late 90s and early 2000s, and he had guys like David Hay, Anthony Smalls, I think even Spencer Fearon fought on some of his cards. That was then being like a, a disruptor of the established order because he had the, he had the finances to do so. Um, fast forward 15 years, and boxing's moved on. And the old Hobson tactics aren't necessarily working as well. So what you end up with is a situation where Den has a TV deal that requires a certain number of fights in a 12-month period. He doesn't have the fighters to fill those, but it's still a good platform. It's not. MTK, on the other hand, (laughs) so, so MTK have more fighters and more shows than their current TV deal with Frank Warren enables. So you're essentially just looking for homes for your shows so dennis is like i can't really give up the contract but it's an asset that has economic value if i then do a deal with mtk the cars get filled maybe i see a royalty that comes out of that and you pretty much move on is it great for den look as a man you know dennis wanted to relive the days of david hay ricky hatton and so forth and i can understand that but boxing's moved on and we say the same thing with Frank Warren. You've got to embrace what the new reality is. And the new reality is MTK. So to give you some idea, you might have heard some childish sniggering in the background. Martin spent half of that answer pretending to load up some gun. Then he was driving a <laughs> tank, I think, lining up, <laughs> literally going to a lot of lengths in his mind. I could see he, could, he was envisaging himself in some sort of some instrument of war and it moving around. I invented that machine ju- as well. <laughs> judging the trajectory. You, you can't know what it is because I've invented it. But whatever it was, the at one point tank. you were struggling to turn the key and rev the engine. It, it wasn't was- working. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to put it's petrol ma- in it. <laughs> it's imaginary machine isn't quite so as reliable. I had to get a motorbike halfway through. <laughs> so, would you want me to repeat the question? No. No. The whole Hobson return thing on free sports has been an unmitigated disaster. Like, it can't go down as anything else. The shows, there was one decent show that, uh, Sheedy Cameron was alright. Everything else was just, there was all this talk it was going to be pairing up with British Warriors down south and then the British Warriors show was meant to go ahead on TV and then they pulled it the day before or whatever it was. Depends which version of affairs you listen to as to why that happened. And then that show that was on in an ice... Was it Sheffield Ice Rink? Ice Arena. Ice Arena. That was shit. Like, poor. And poor shows happen. But poor shows happen off TV. Poor shows happen up and down the country, left, right. They happen. They just don't need to be on TV. From what I understand, the commercial model of the, the free sports thing is fairly unviable. Um, I won't go into details on it, but... 
like the numbers that you have to attain to get certain things just seem a bit mad um, for a poorly broadcast channel. Like, who knows of free sports? Like, what else do free sports show? They've got NASCAR, some car, Argentinian football, Brazilian league football. Yeah, some like real Sweet. mad. You know, like that's not going to draw anyone in to then see the adverts for the boxing on the Saturday. It's like a real. But but then but then what platform does? So you've got let's 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 talk in terms of real numbers, right? You've got for boxing, you probably got Sky at number one. Yep. BT at number two. Let's take ITV out because I don't think they do free to air boxing anymore. It's no. all pay per view. So then you've got Channel Five, Dave. Well, well, well I, I'd question if Channel Five come next because I'd imagine, and I might be wrong on this. That Coogan, the IFL channel, does views as well. So I'd like to see the numbers between the IFL channel on YouTube and what they get on something like a Channel 5. I don't imagine they're that far apart. I would imagine so. And I think that's the worry. So then you look at that and you go, just as a start point, free sports can't generate the... But then presumably... Sorry, just to interrupt, the IFL stuff will presumably die off now with the Box Nation MTK partnership no one's really made that clear yeah so i don't know will there be ifl exclusive shows yeah because they're not going to broadcast every mtk show there's only say 12 a year so there will mtk run more than 12 shows per year which is why you park some on free sports because you need a home let's say you've got 30 shows a year and you go right we've got 12 here we're gonna we're gonna ring fences and call these ra shows these are the shows where the guys we were backing are always on it just seems. Then we've got satellite shows, which are kind of they feed into that. So we've got some on free sports, some on YouTube. Um, maybe we'll sneak someone to, you know, a Hearn show. We'll sneak some guys on a Hearn show and so forth. It's a way of buying a TV contract. Yeah, that's what it is. Now, I don't know what the commercial arrangement is between MTK and Dennis Hobson. I would anticipate Hobson will have very little to do with it. Now it will just become MTK Sheffield on TV. I don't even think it'll be MTK Sheffield. It'll just be MTK. And then we'll just take a royalty off that. Yeah. And and it's it's sad because like having spent time with Dennis, hey, I think Dennis is a decent enough guy. Like, what's he would like to do business? Never done business with him. But as a man, to sit down and have a couple of shots of tequila or vodka, Den's a nice guy. Good sense of humor. Uh, can, no doubt. Yeah. It's, it's just... It's passed him by. The world's moved on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a shame. The production values, you know, viewers tune in. Viewers have got a preconceived idea of what boxing will look like on TV now. Born out of Eddie Hearn investing heavily into the production of boxing. It no longer looks like a leisure centre. You know, you go back to the days before Eddie Hearn got involved too much and Sky used to broadcast the Warren shows, the Hearn, the Barry Hearn shows. And it was a leisure centre. It looked like a leisure centre. Eddie's changed all that. For better or for worse, he's changed all that. So boxing doesn't look like that now. Even when it is in a leisure centre, even when it's at York Hall, it doesn't look like a leisure centre. It looks like they've dressed it up and it looks good. Um, And that's kind of where it bypassed. And maybe that's because the budget wasn't there. You know what? I'm sure if Dennis Hobson was given an Eddie Hearn budget, he wouldn't have left the events to look like that. I'm sure he would have invested in the, the production values of it. Because anyone would. You know, let's be honest, if you're making a product, you want to make it look as good as possible within the constraints of what you've got available. Um, okay, so on that, it might be a good time to ask, 
David McGinley's question, which is, have we seen the peak of bo- of a boxing bubble and not realised it? Yes. Compare 2016 and especially 2017 to how 2018 has been globally. We, you we, called this a year ago, Terry. We, we we talked about this on this podcast at the when we were talking at the end of the year, and we said, I don't think you'll see another year like 2017 again. And we talked about what drove it last year. Heyman needed to make money on his deal, so he had to start sweating his assets. Right? He so he had to make some of that money back because he borrowed half a billion from from those guys, and that was like a real half billion, not the zone <laughs> half billion. You know, it was like legitimate money, and he borrowed that, and he had to give these guys a, an interim return, if nothing else. So he started to sweat his assets a lot more. So you saw some really good fights, and every promoter had to compete because. It was pretty much all on free-to-air TV. Probably made some of his money back on the Mayweather-McGregor, which was good. But it was a great year for events. We, we were excited on a monthly basis. And what we said in, coming into 2018 is, will that carry on? So what you've now seen is, everyone's gone, shit. If we carry on at that pace, it's almost like trying to sprint a marathon, isn't it? You go, shit, if we carry on at that pace, every fight the fans want to see will be done by the end of fucking 2019. Then we haven't got time to blood these youngsters through. So everyone's sort of held back. People are now wanting more money because last year was such a great year. And all this stuff has happened. And we're now into a boxing hangover where it's just bullshit about bullshit and crap about crap. And fans are going to get tired of it. Because at the top level, I think you'll always sell. The Joshua's, the Eubank Juniors, the Groves, they will always sell. Those guys at the bottom, the the trash, let's just call them what they are, the trash, the guys who weren't even very good in the amateurs, right? That, they're the ones, the guys who weren't even very good in the amateurs, and I'm not buying this bullshit of my style wasn't suited for the amateurs. This is the stupidest shit I've ever heard. If you can't knock someone out, when you only have three rounds to blast it out. You're not going to do it over 12 rounds. I'm not convinced by that. So now that we're beginning to realize that a lot of these guys are trash, and yet for all you ticket buyers out there claiming you're boxing heroes, yeah, you're watching trash. (laughs) Yeah? For all of those people, you're watching trash. And eventually you're going to be like, I'm not spending 35 quid to basically subsidize someone's hobby. Look, I'm a fan of rallying. If you guys want to put like a Kickstarter campaign together for me so I can get myself probably a Tommy Mackinnon Evo 9, happily do that. And I'll just go running around the Welsh countryside driving <laughs> rally cars and shit. <laughs> but you won't because you're like, Terry, you're probably a shit driver. You're definitely not a rally driver. I mean, you're half fucking blind. You're too angry and irrational to drive. So fucking hell, we're not going to give you that money. <laughs> But you'll give it to a boxer who's fucking useless. Why? Because he just told you he's good. <laughs> That's the best run. <laughs> Can we get an ambulance for Martin? We <laughs> will chip in. No, Terry, we won't. And then whoever he's asked for his money being so fucking brutal. <laughs> But you see what I mean? Because you go through Box Rec, right? And you'll see that there's a show at West Walsall Leisure Centre. I want to be a rally driver. 
And it's look, it's look, look, look like, honestly, like there'll be a show at like West Warsaw Civic Center, and it's the guy that bakes your bread against some Lithuanian guy who probably ships the fucking flour over. Your cab driver against the bouncer who kicked you out last Thursday. And it's all of these guys, there's a PT there, and there's some guy in a gap here who just wants to write a blog about boxing. And so he boxes. And that's what you have. You have this bullshit. And they're coming to you guys for 35 quid tickets. We've discussed this before on the pod, where I've said, why is every show 35 quid as a baseline when they're of such differing qualities? So I'll pay 35 quid. Sometimes I'll pay the extra to sit in the VIP bit. And you'll give me Linus and you'll give me Brad. I'm okay with that. You know, I might get Wadi on there as well. I'm okay. I'm like, you know what? <clears throat> At least with these guys, I can kind of, I can see the line. Yeah, I can say, they were, yeah, you know, saw Linus, box Jermaine, look good, look tough, look strong. You imagine he'd do all right in the pros. Brad, he's got the CV. Wadi, been there, done it. Fine, I can pay for this. Now, I'm not paying for that dude with the dreads. What was his name? The one that kicked off when you did the show with Steve. Remember the dude with the dreads? Uh, with the Scottish guy. Oh, Dalton Miller and John McCallum. I'm not paying for him, right? I'm not. I'm not paying 35 quid for that guy. And if I sat him down here and said, mate, are you worth 35 quid when I'm paying that to watch Linus and Wadi? He'd be, probably not, mate. I'm not going to lie. Probably not. <laughs> I bet and, he wouldn't say that. <laughs> I bet probably not. No, but I'm not paying. I'm not paying that money to watch that. I'm not paying that money to watch. Yeah, fair one, mate. I'm shit. So all of that, but, but better than is, your rally driving, though, isn't I? But, but <laughs> let's list that out. This is where the Terry's bubble like, starts to burst. Thirty-five, because, mate. Look, but you're then going. Hearn's Hearn shafting me for pay-per-views left, right, and centre. BT is shafting me. I don't have the budget now to go to a Goodwin show. I can only do three Goodwin shows instead of the nine I used to do. Now, you know, you've got to start economizing at this point. So now you're looking at Steve and you're like, I'll do that show with Linus on there. I'll do that show with John Pilata on there. Shouts out to John. I'll do that show with, give me a name, someone decent. Linus Shadofia. Linus was here. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, Dean Richardson. He said I was a very angry guy, so I don't know if I want to say that. I like Dean. It's a good fight. Yeah. Here, 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 right? They're the three shows I'll go to because if these guys are anchoring it, I'm happy with that. As much as I might like and respect the potential Dan Dan Keenan has, at that point, you ain't getting over the line, mate, because I'm not paying 35 quid for that. I'll pay a tenner, yeah? And if at a tenner, you're selling, you're selling out your call at a tenner, cool, we'll put you on. You, you go on to the 20 quid tier. Let's see what the drop-off is at 20 quid. Now you're on to the 35 quid. Makes perfect sense. But that model there, is that sustainable? No idea. I'm sure Steve would be like, Terry's off his rocker again. <laughs> You'll see him in a couple of weeks. So uh, Yeah, but, but I guess what I'm trying to say is... We'll discuss it. The bubble will burst. Has it burst already? Not yet. Because, right, so let me, let me because everyone's gone long. Yeah, he, everyone's, trying to, everyone's gone right. We'll invest for a couple of years and see where we are. So David Genley said, he, the reason for him asking that question come statement is... The level of significant fights has dipped dramatically. People seem less entertained by the whole personas slash players within the business side. Like the novelty's gone. There's an oversaturation of TV deals and especially pay-per-views. Um, <laughs> acid test in my eyes, he says. Michael Buffer's voice it no longer excites me. 
and he's that's right. true. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is, is so true. true. Yeah. Well, well, Michael Matchroom Buffer. What Michael Eddie Hearn on Twitter Buffer? Yeah, because true. there is no fucking way Michael Buffer can controls that Twitter account. Did you see you started tweeting yesterday about Harry Maguire and like, yeah, so pleased for him. What? Yeah. Like, what's it got to do with you? Fuck off, American. Like, you've you know got no right getting involved in this. I because you come, because you come over and work once a month. You've got no other reason to be like backing I, us. I, I'm confident. Suck a dick, buffer. I'm, I'm confident. If if we went into the soap office, <laughs> where's that bile come from for someone to go? Well done. I'm not having it. I'm not having it. <laughs> no, but if you go into the soap office, I imagine there's a bank of desks in the top left corner where they just sit there and tweet. It wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if there's four of them and they're all on Hootsuite and they just put the shit out and like, it just keeps going even when they're, when they're on their lunch break or whatever or they're shagging the boss. I don't know. But Shag- I'm not even convinced there is this situation. Because remember when Dillian White put that tweet out not long back where he put... Uh, I can't remember exactly what it was. I'm sure it was Dillian White. And then at the end, it just had square brackets... Insert picture. Yeah, I, I've seen a few of them. <laughs> a lot of footballers are streaks. Yeah, yeah. So they basically get sent a, like some text yeah. for them to copy and paste and yeah. put there this was, picture with it. There was a and he forgot to delete the insert picture. There bit was a footballer <laughs> during during the year that had um say tweet something like this in brackets and then had blah 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 blah. And so he just copy and pasted tweet something like this. It's brilliant. I have really enjoyed the game this week. Yeah, but but. I, but, I did, but I didn't get that when I saw that Dillian White photo because I was like, because it was something to do with Wilder, wasn't it? It I don't know. It was, I'm sure, I'll I'll try and dig it out. No, no, but but look, it goes back to what I said earlier, right? How stupid are boxing fans that you're going to swallow this? And at no point have you said, I'm not going to pay for these pay-per-views because I'm being fucked over. That's all. You're being fucked over and you're being told that the product you're watching is amazing. No, it's not. What do you reckon for £10 for Usyk Gassiev on the pay-per-view? Yeah. Yeah. And and the reason I say that is that fight has real meaning. Yeah. Someone's going to get four belts. And also... And, 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 and it's not like I can say there's a more deserving candidate. It's two men are going to fight for all of the belts and both men deserve to be there. And I think it's good they've shoved it at £10. You could easily have stuck to the model of 1795, 1995, whatever it is now. But they've gone to 10. And so they re- it's a recognition that, look, these two aren't important in Great Britain, but they are important to world boxing. It'll be, it will, it'll be interesting to see the sensitivity analysis, right? Because you've got a price point for Groves Eubank and you change the price point for Gassiev against Usk. Let's see if £10 doubles the buy rate. Or, so, so, so that price sensitivity analysis will be interesting. I still won't buy it, but I think it's all right at 10 <laughs> It still gets streamed. I wasn't gonna say, but back to what David was saying about this boxing bubble. David's quite clued up about the sport. David's quite clued up in general. So he's seeing it before everyone else. And because the budgets for boxing are so new, so the, the zone deal's just kicking in now. They've got two years locked in. BT seemed to have at least two years locked in with Frank. Channel 5 seemed to have at least a year, year and a half locked in with multiple people. The, the bitches. Dave seem to be locked in. It's going to be when they come to renew these deals and they go, well, we've made a fucking loss. We haven't generated any revenue. So it's stopping. So the time that it will burst is between a year and a half and two years from now. And we'll be back to how it used to be. People scratching around for a living, scratching around for a show. 
and is going to go back to how good is your card really. We talked about it before. The small hall guys need to start putting on fights where I'm there going, that guy might lose. Shit, he's going to lose. They're the sort of fights that you're going to have to start putting on, otherwise people aren't coming out. Because there's only so many times I can see the same Lithuanian cruiserweight running around before I know, look, mate, that guy's shit. And that's what's happening now, isn't it? The, the podcasts like this, you can't bullshit fans anymore. We're, I agree. And there was a move by the board this week to remove challenge belts. So challenge belts, you get British and international challenge belts. So they don't actually have any standing within the British board. You don't get rankings because of them. They're just something that promoters can use. Lots of promoters use them. And it's it's a belt. It's the only title in world boxing that you vacate as soon as you walk out of the ring. And so like 10, in, in theory, 10 people could fight for the same belt up and down the country on one night. <laughs> like you don't own that belt once you step out of the ring. It, it's madness. It's just, it's a money making thing whereby they can, it's sanctioned for X amount of money. Um, but the board have said they're no longer going to do it. They, they took a review as of January. They were going to give it six months to see how it was being used by promoters. And it's been deemed that it's it's no longer going to be used. So you won't ever see now international um, challenge belts and British challenge belts. Why, why, which... But my question is, why don't the board just go, we're going to hire three people and they're going to review every card we have to sanction. And if they're not happy with the card, it's not getting sanctioned. Just do that. And go, do you know what? Look, Promoter X, you're giving me these four cards for four months. Good, good, shit, shit. Fix these two, I'll sign them off. Like anything. It, you know, it, at work, I, I, I might do a presentation, right? You know, and I, and I, I hand it to my boss, so have a look. And he'll go, half of this is really good, but you've got to fix the other half. I can't sign The bit about rally driving is terrible. You've got to... <laughs> You've got to um, work on this so rally driver. So I dug this out as uh, Dillian White. He said, oh dear, tags in uh, Wilder. Oh dear, Bronze Bomber. You recently turned down over five million to fight me to earn nothing trying to become an actor, end quotes. Stop running away and fight me, you deluded fake coward. Hashtag body snatcher. Sounds really personal, that. <laughs> so what's the issue? Tag in acting clip at the bottom. <laughs> And the one that I was quoting about the footballer is Victor Anachibi. He writes, it's basically the tweet says, can you tweet something like unbelievable support yesterday and great effort by the lads. Hard result to take, but we go again. <laughs> can you tweet something uh, like? So, yeah, so the, 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 how does Jordan Foster feel about this? Because he must be there just going, someone pay me. I'll what, 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 he's just there going, how much low hanging fruit can one man eat? Uh, so yeah the whole stuff about the challenge belts I know before you used to have masters belts <laughs> the masters belts then got stopped and now Bieber run with masters belts still but you don't see them on board shows which I'd imagine will happen to the challenge belts as well they'll just end up with another sanctioning body but it's a good thing because I'm sick to death of I, I don't like seeing it as a selling point and I get the argument that some lads are never going to be good enough to fight for like a British title or an English title. And so this challenge belt is their their world title. At that point, I just think you probably shouldn't be in the sport. Can I- like to take Terry's kind of view on it, which I, I fundamentally agree with. If that is your end goal is to walk out of the sport with a challenge belt that you've beaten a man and anyone can fight for it. It's not like you have to get it signed off. So you can literally get a journeyman of like 
three and 40. He's your opponent. You beat him. You walk off with a belt. Like, honestly, if that's the standard of what that belt means, it should not have a place. And then you're using it on, like, individuals going, oh, my big title fight is coming up at the end of the month. I'm like, I'm so sick to but, but here, so, so here's the thing. Like, when, I guess when you sit down, like, sometimes you'll sit and you listen to the old timers talk boxing. One of the things I love is they'll tell you stories about certain fighters and we don't know who the fuck they are. You really have to go and dig them up on box rec. But one of the things they'll always say is, you know what, never won a belt, but you'd watch every one of his fights because he was always in a war. And I thought, if you're that sort of fighter, you'll always make money. If, if you're a guy that is not afraid to be challenged, you'll always make money. You don't even need the, the lure of a belt. The problem you've had now is because promoters put you in with suckers, you then have to go, well, man, I can't justify the opponent, but there's a belt here. Yeah. Just focus, <clears throat> on the, focus on the belt, don't focus on the opponent, focus on the belt. And look, promoters, all of them, Errol Johnson, Steve, Den, Steve Wood, all these guys, I'm not saying work together, I'm not particularly bothered if you do or you don't, but just stop putting suckers in the ring with your guys. Like there's 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 enough action to for shit to be happening now. Like how the hell is Cello Render fighting fucking Luke Rockhold, whatever his name is, <laughs> up north? That doesn't make any sense. I'm I like, know. In like, an English title eliminator. Like, like you got the Southern Area belt. Like what eliminator do you need? Like you know he that guy's not even like Northern Area champion, is he? No, don't think so. He's just some guy. Like we didn't know him two weeks ago. Agree. Um No. It's why, like, I always see people take the piss out of Waddy Camacho. It's like, oh, he's shit, he's a bum. Nope. It's like, no. Waddy Camacho is someone who will fight anyone, anyone, a cruiserweight. If you told him, they're like, oh, Usyk's just got a calf strain. They need someone for that World Boxing Super Series final. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, you know he'd get on weight within, like, a few hours, and he'd be on a plane. He'd ask about what the money is later, I suspect. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be his drive. Like, Waddy Camacho... His greatest title that he's actually won, because I disregard the international titles and things, the Southern Area. He nope. never won... Disagree. ABA champion. Okay, right. No, no, sorry. I mean, as a professional. Ah. But he's never gone above Southern Area and won. He's never won an English, never won a British. He's won, I think he's like WBA international. He won prize fighter, which is where people kind of recognised him from, ultimately. Um, but you tell me Waddy Camacho's fighting, I'll go there. I'll go to whatever it is because that guy is in fun fights. He's in hard fights. He raises his game against better opponents and he lowers it against worse opponents. That's not a great trait to have as a boxer. You ought to be wiping people out. But that's what he does. He gets drawn down into someone's level and that then makes it what should be a 70-30. Suddenly becomes a 50-50 because he's lowered himself to their standards. And he does that all the time. Apart from the recent Danny Cousins second fight, he hammered Danny around that ring. Danny Cousins, tough man for the beat and he took that night. Um, but you know, someone like Waddy Camacho will always... If you tell me he's going to be fighting Lawrence Acoli, I'm probably 75% Acoli, 25% uh, Waddy in terms of who's going to win maybe even bigger maybe great maybe 80-20 the odds I'd give but I still yeah. wouldn't rule Waddy out of it and I'd still want to watch it but for me I, I think we've, we've said it before probably privately my benchmark of what a small hall fighter should be is Waddy Camacho like if you're not as good as him I'm not bought into you the prospects by yeah alright but if you're a mature fighter with a reasonable record and you're not better than Waddy Camacho 
Retire. He's the gatekeeper. How do you Risk, uh, retire? Just, just, just. How do you stop monitor, delaying the inevitable? How do you monitor that level of 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 boxer? If you if you could control the sport, how would you? If, you know, like, do you know what? So, Andy, let's say, yeah, let's say you're a pro now, right? And I go, well, Andy used to box at the Repton, and before that, he boxed at Broad Street as an amateur. I can make phone calls and go, right? How how good was he at Broad Street, mate? He was just wiping everyone out, inspiring here. I mean, he had David Hay on his knees and all sorts. Okay, cool. They'll go to Repton. What, what was he like? I'm not there? sucking dick. Yeah. I didn't no. say that. No, that's exactly <laughs> what you were doing. No, but then I ring up the Repton and I'll talk to uh, <laughs> whoever's there. Now I don't even know who's there now. And I just say, right, Andy White. What was he like, mate? When life and death with Terry Dunstan. Dunstan was telling me he's the best guy he's seen. Sounds like now, 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 now I've got that qualitative element. Now I can go. What did he do in the tournaments? So at this point, I'm looking at your pre-professional record. I'm going, he boxed at a high level. Like Wadi Kamacha. Wadi Kamacha, was it 2012 ABA champion at 86? Earlier than that, I think. No, that was quite... He was, he was old when he... Was he? Yeah. So he won that. He then boxed for England. Like, like he boxed guys like Otto Valen, who's a professional heavyweight now. He's boxed good names as an amateur. So Wadi's no mug. It just so happened that he didn't have that pop to do damage as a professional. But he could box. You saw against Danny Cousins that he's got the skills to actually do it. So, Andy, that's how you... Like, you I could... was really getting sucked into my alternate reality uh, Andy career. Andy just won an international challenge, bro. So I've, just, I've, just, I've been wiping people out left, right and centre. What else? What happened to the rest of my career? Um, mate, you just ended up boxing. You went to Tenerife. <laughs> And we never saw you again. <laughs> no, like so, red rum. No, no, like no. The, the mystery of the boxer. Yeah. No, no, but that's what you, I think it was Shergar, but yeah. I was a Shergar. Yeah. All right, okay. No, no, so in essence, you know who's good and who's not good. It, 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 talent's an open secret in boxing. Andy's just getting up. What are you getting up for? No, I'm fine. Just sort of our mic stands for those at home. <laughs> How far are we into this? Because we thought it was going to be like a ten-minute job. Hour and a quarter. But yeah, you've answered the questions so yeah, yeah, we, comprehensively. Um, so what is the advantage of Matchroom announcing the date and venue of AJ's next two fights, Ricky Heichler? Well, well it, we, we mentioned the frustrations and the disadvantages. So, what are the advantages? War Pavetkin. Come on, Pavetkin. Well, well, Come on, two, Sasha. So the two things. One. One, they've, they've had this in the locker for a while. Two, it puts pressure on Wilder to say, we've got this for you. So, and, and it keeps the fans engaged. Remember what we talked about? Hearn sells tomorrow today, right? So, so there's an interrelationship between the past and the future. So what he's saying is, if you, if you support Povetkin here, we might give you Wilder here. So you need to get behind him here so we can get to 100,000 next time. And what you should be doing as a fan right now is going... I ain't going to either of them. How'd you like that one, Edward Hearn? Um, why have Matchroom signed Robbie Davis Jr. in a division dominated by Frank Warren? Is this to beef up their Liverpool presence? No, because he's going to take the belts, isn't he? Isn't he fighting for the British and the Commonwealth? I don't know. I think um, he is. He's fighting Glenn Foote for the British and the Commonwealth. I know he's fighting on a Matchroom card. They're talking about being up in Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, I don't isn't get Glenn, it. Glenn Foote's from up there. Yeah, yeah. There's another guy. You were talking about Waddy. Glenn Foote either won the ABAs or boxed in the final and boxed for England as a junior. But look at look at the level he's at. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Now, like it's not hard to tell who's good and who's not. 
I don't I don't get the hype about Robbie Davis Jr. This is a really weird signing for me. In an era whereby Matchroom are focusing upon Olympians pretty much only, um, it's rare they sign anyone who's not an Olympian. It's a blocker. Um, if he beats Glenfoot and he gets both those belts, what's Warren got before he's won four? Yeah, but he had the belt and then he, Jack Cattrall dropped it. Yeah. I, I, I don't even think Warren's interested in it because he can just make WBO European shots for everyone. Um, but it's, but it's, it's also, maybe it's just a roster thing. You lose Paul Smith, put Robbie Davis. Yeah, you get a it. ticket seller in Liverpool. That's yeah. what you're getting out of it. Um, and then you put, I suppose you put him on up in Newcastle. There's no risk in doing that. And Glenn's from Sunderland, so he fills that state. He fills uh, the other side. Of and it. actually, Robbie Davis Jr. is not that good. Like he's not. It was it he lost to that bloke who he then. Uh, it was on the Eubank Abraham undercard, and then, yeah, then he, he rematched him up in Liverpool and, yeah. and beat him, um, but not convincingly by any means. I think the, there was a big, there was a big uh, excitement around Robbie Davis Jr. And then he fought. Zoltan Sabo was it? The, yeah, yeah, the, it was. the fellow on ITV. And Sabo the... had a hell of a night. At that yeah, point. and I oh, think that, at that, that point, oh, that was that boxing shit fest. Is he still getting paid by ITV? The ripping off cunt. <laughs> Just lays back, drops the mic. <laughs> um, but I think that that exposed to me Robbie Davis Jr. wasn't as good as what I'd heard about from up north. But also, look, Hearn's got Robbie Davis Jr. because if Davis Jr. wins. And O'Hara Davis beats Catrell, expect the noise to happen. And Hearn will say, I'll pay both purses. Because from what I hear, that O'Hara Davis kind of matchroom tension, that, that didn't end on good terms. So I can see Hearn going, Do you know what? Here's one way to get at him. You know, dangle the bait and go, All oh, right, mate, you want to come and get these bolts that you'd never really want? All oh, right, mate, go for it. I'm not sure Robbie Davis would win that fight. Yeah, agreed. Um, if he doesn't get fed to Ritson, I imagine. Yeah, true. Dave McGinley finally asks. Finally, he's asked. Finally, finally, finally the question we've been waiting for this so is the long. We've been waiting for for a long time. De Gale, how would he fare against opponents mentioned? Eubank, Saunders, Groves, and Smith. It's interesting. Lose, 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 lose. Um, beats Eubank Junior. Beats Callum Smith, loses to Groves. Billy Joe, uh, they know each other well, though, don't they? Because they won GB together. Yep. If you've ever seen that Transworld Sport clip, you'll see that th- those guys know each other inside out. Both both southpaws. It'd be it'd be a shit fight to watch, but I'd imagine just the Gale's size and experience at that weight would be an advantage. So I think he loses to and wins to. Right, do you, you want to carry on or do, or do you want to... No, I'm done. I've... What do we need to talk about? Well, it's not really a great... Live show, we all mentioned that. An yes, it's minutes. coming up. That's a good point, actually. We're not here next week, are we? we? We're not here next week. So the last podcast we've got is the week after next, which you won't be here. I won't. So you won't be here until the live show now. That's, I'm basically saving myself now. Like I don't want to expend any energy until then. I'm just gonna be hibernating. Yeah, he's just making weight now. Yeah, that's it. No more sparring. <laughs> just it's just it's all for the big night. Just goes into a cocoon and just boils at that. Just for two weeks, just boiling up rage to let loose at the live show. So yeah, no, it's, uh, that's coming up. Um, July 26th. Ticketweb.co.uk. Get your tickets. Uh, Come down. And enjoy. Listen, I'm telling everyone. 
Don't come solo. Bring a friend because it's going to get heated in there. You're going to need moral support. <laughs> promise you. I, I mean... How is everyone going to need moral support? Emotional. Emotional support. When Terry starts... All of it. Letting the, it fly. The, the calm guys might be there on hand as well for a conversation if people need it too. So... Okay, to give you bring some... Bring a friend. To give you some idea, for those of you that are attending or thinking of attending and haven't got your tickets yet, <laughs> the last one, right... When someone would say something, the slightest bit sort of um, evocative, Terry would stand up and walk to the edge of the stage and start addressing them at the front of the audience. And then he wouldn't return for yeah, 15 I'd like, minutes. I'd be like, Terry, sit down, for God's sake. And then all it would take is someone going, 60-40, to the back of the room, <laughs> and he'd be up again. I was the guy that ignored that one. I was okay with that. I was like, oh, well, yeah, 60 <laughs> You know, um, so we've got Steve Good. Dave Allen can't make it because he's fighting the uh, the night after now. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, so we've got Steve Goodwin. Do we Dave. know he's fighting? Uh, the Grenadier Army guy. Can't remember his name. The one that beat Dorian Dutch. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I think it's him. Ooh. Because I spoke to Dutchy about that. Dutch was like a lot stronger than I thought. So it'd be interesting to see what the White Rhino can do because you know that that Yoker thing kind of been good for him like, so there will be a Q&A session on the night yeah Hannah Rankin uh, Clinton McKenzie we'll have a um, piece of card paper whatever Ricky Wright Welsh MC is going to be down you can ask your questions to oh Martin, shall I need to get some Terry, paper and pens a, I think I've got some down there from the last have you week. enough mm. for don't know I have to have a look alright let's do enough an audit for the 12 people that are turn up you mean <laughs> <laughs> need to do an audit the exciting stuff yeah so yeah let me um, know so I need to order some we will have some sort of agenda, I guess. <laughs> what Maybe. fights are happening between now and then? Fuck all. Nothing. It's hard so, work, isn't it? Dilly and White Joseph Parker coming up two nights after. It'll be an end of season preview Review. to next season. Yeah. We did it at Christmas preview. and that was like a year end. Mm-hmm. It's the season end. So, yeah. Get your tickets. Come down. Uh, here's the challenge Enjoy. for people, right? Compile a list of shit we were just horribly wrong about. Yeah. Yeah. Hold us to account for shit. That it we shouldn't were. take too long. <laughs> There's plenty of ammo. But yeah, Shouts um, out to ammo. Fantastic gloves. You know, nice segue there. James, telling you, hands are feeling good right now. Like, honestly, I feel like I'm 10 years younger. <laughs> what, just because of your hands? Because of the way the gloves look after me, yeah. Listen, listen. It's not 10 years if of you his guys, life. Honestly, if, if you guys are boxing out there and you're not using ammo, like, you're basically just like, you're basically like Jimmy Savilling your hands. What? Right? So Wait, get what? get the ammo gloves. What way would that make sense? Get the ammo gloves. Don't abuse your, your hands. hands. You're fucking a child of your hands. <laughs> don't fuck your hands up. Get the ammo gloves, man. Look after yourself. Get them customized as well, because like, you don't want to just look like me. I mean, you want to look like yourself. Maybe they do want to look like you. I hope not. Oh, well, listen. Well, they want to look like famous I listen, the guy, the guy from Black Obama. Lightning tried it, man. So, shouts out to everyone, you know, who understands the importance of, I mean, good handwork. We'll be doing a, we'll be doing a, we'll be doing a collection on the night for <laughs> Terry's rally driving career. Going yeah, yeah, chip yeah. in for the pro, e- or the, yeah. sorry, the, uh, the Mitsubishi Evo. Evo 9. Hey, and listen. I want to be a rally driver. 2018, motherfuckers, stop using Tinder. Kill it. Online dating, kill it. Yeah, just kill it all. Don't slide in DMs. Don't slide in anything. 
Yeah, if a woman's responding to your Twitter or Instagram DMs, she's probably trash anyway. Actually, stop. So, Martin, we won't be doing a. I dare say we won't be doing a pod the weekend after the the live show. Probably not. So this would be, at, and then we're into August. Then we're into at August. which point? So this could well be your last pod between now and September. Make the most of my voice right now. Do you want to sing a song or? Yeah, I'll sing a song. What song you got? Um, this coming home is coming home is coming. Oh, if someone's listening to this Thursday and we've just been knocked out. They'll be raging still, wouldn't they? Yeah, but just continue. It's fine. And nah. it can be our... It can be our uh, well, have we got any other business? Terry, you're engrossing your phones. So I assume that's a no. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <sighs> what do you mean, whoa? We've been t- winding down for the last No, no, we'll minutes. wind down. But I want to say, hey, congratulations to Mason Smith for turning pro. Honestly, surprised that he signed with Mo Pryor, considering like Mason Smith is... If you look at his trajectory, he's got that kind of Chris Congo-ness to him of having boxed at a high level as an amateur, done the whole GB thing. And I think he's going to turn over at light welter, maybe lightweight. Kid is talented. Super, super talented. 22 years old, 111 amateur bouts already, you know, under his locker. So experienced, tough. People got excited about Martin McDonough when he made his debut on the MTK show. I think you'll be just as excited about Mason Smith. You know, comes out of the Finchley camp, which is, I guess, the link up with Mo. You know, be interesting to see if, you know, the Joshua link up happens because they've obviously known each other for years, dating back to when they were both amateurs together. So, I mean, congratulations to him. You know, as always, shouts out to Sam Smith, man. Like, still, you know, hope she comes back and has her enthusiasm for the sport back. Um, do we need to? Who else do we need to shout out? Anything else of interest? Yes. Look, all those guys flying out to Zimbabwe for the July 13th boxing card. Um, I think Nigel Travis is leading the the troops that way. Good luck. Come back healthy. The altitude is going to fuck you up. I know Travis tried to be slick and tell me that he'd been at his altitude facility, but I promise you, nothing replicates 24 hours a day at altitude. It's going to fuck you up psychologically. Box for the knockout. Don't plan to do all the rounds, mate. Four rounds tops. If you don't make it, you're going to be gassing. But, you know, let's all have fun. Well, it's still sunny out there, man. We need to get out of here. Yeah, so I was thinking, Martin, if you just sung us out whilst we just... Whilst Give me we... a song. I'm not doing three lines. Okay. I've had enough um, of that. Hold on. Uh, I'll leave it up to you. Sandbox it. But as you're thinking of a song and then progressively singing it, I'll just do one last call to arms for the live show. Um... Everyone, your tickets, um, well, there's still tickets available. Not that that's a massive shock. But <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Mate, have you seen this kid, This guy's bet? The guy bet on Harry Maguire to score first and England win 2-0. Bet a tenner got a grand back. Nice. That- we, we saw a guy that bet Harry Maguire and John Stones to score, both score headers, 250 to one. Cost him a pound, that did. <laughs> Never see that pound again. <laughs> You don't hear those stories, do you? Yeah, not normally. Apart from on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. My mate, right? He bet that Wolves are going to get a throw-in in the seventh game of the season in 12th minute. And he fucking came in. Wow, how much did he win? We didn't win anything because he'd also bet on Brighton to get a header in the 14th <laughs> minute of the third game that they didn't get. You know, that sort of shit. Um, but sorry, yeah. Um, right, we're ready to oh, go. Oh, Nikita is the other side. So if you want to get your tickets, get them soon. Of any you won't given hear Martin now line in time. Before September, so. 
Count to ten, ten soldiers in a row. Oh, I'm done. I'm done plugging it. Oh, oh no, Nikki, young I need you so. And lay down your arms. The video to that was in Russia. You see, that's where I'm. I'm coming oh, from with this. Oh, Nikita is the other side. <laughs> you know, Shane. How many given lives? going to hate time. me for just singing Come You Young Rebel. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you very much for listening. Counting tenting soldiers in. Martin will see you at the live show. Tyrion and I will see you next time. Nikita, you'll never Thank you very know. much for listening. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching.